If an alien were to come to earth and ask you why you pray, not how or for what, but what is the reason that you go before God in prayer, what would you say? Because you want to get something, because you want to draw closer to God, because you're seeking something. The, simple, the simplest answer in church is always what? Jesus. So if we think about the answer of Jesus, if an alien asked you and you said, well, Jesus, that actually says a whole bunch because Jesus lived intentionally a life of prayer. And that blows my mind because if Jesus is fully God and fully human, and we pray in order to be in communion with God, Jesus had to pray also, but it's because he was 100% human, he had to model for us that this is how we do life with God. We pray first though, because Jesus told us to, and secondly, because this is how we share life with God. It is a mutual relationship. God actually desires to be in communication with God's creation. We were created to be in this relationship with God. We pray because God is love and, and we're hopeful that in the presence of this loving and, and just and merciful God that maybe some of it will spill onto us and maybe we'll be more like that. So the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he begins, we talked about last week with this, this beautiful image of our Father. It's this idea that, that it is our God, not mine, and that it is a loving, heavenly parent that we come before, a good, good Father who wants nothing but our welfare and our flourishing. And we're gonna go continually, one verse by one verse of this prayer, what we now know is the Lord's Prayer, it came from both the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, and then a benediction was added later by our church fathers. And every single one of those lines really deserves a pause after we say it. Every single thing that we, we implore before God when we say the Lord's Prayer is in of itself a life-transforming statement. We should pause after each one. The Lord's Prayer is the perfect model for how we should pray. Literally, every single line in there is the perfect model. So last week we talked about how we begin with this, our Father, and today we, we quickly move to something other. Our Father is close, we sit at God's feet we tell God what it is that is going on in our life and we affirm the goodness of God. But then we quickly jump to the second statement. In heaven, hallowed be thy name. This is how the, the NRSV reads it. May your name be revered as holy. And is it at this point in the prayer, as much as the tenderness and closeness an intimacy that God desires that we must remember we are not God. And so from this moment on in the prayer, the focus is on who God is and what God can do. And God is holy. 
we're going to turn it to a passage that if you grew up in a church, you've heard this hundreds of times. And it's when Moses comes before the burning bush and experiences the holiness of God. So as we prepare to hear God's word, will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this moments that are set apart this morning, this sacred time, this one hour of our week where we come before you as an audience, you are our audience only. And so in these moments that we hear a very common text, may we feel close to you and may we know who you are. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. So the main character in the book of Exodus is Moses. And at this point, um, right before we read our text today in Exodus 3, Moses is an everyday man. He is tending the flocks of his father-in-law, Jethro. And he is out one day doing his job and suddenly he sees a bush and it is aflame, but it is not being consumed. As any of us would, he is curious. And so he walks around and begins to approach the bush and then God speaks and says, Moses, Moses, take off your sandals. Do not come any closer for you are on holy ground. And then God tells Moses what he wants him to do. He's like, I want you, just a shepherd, I want you to go and tell Pharaoh, the most powerful person in the world, that it is time for him to let my people go. And so we pick up at verse 13. Moses says to God, if I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. God said further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, thus you shall say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this my title for all generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus began his prayer teaching the disciples how to pray our Father, wanting this first century Jewish listener to know the God of your fathers is close, is intimate, cares about your daily life. However, when we come before this God, we come not to one who is distant, meaning we have to yell, but we do come before someone who is holy, someone who is hallowed, Sitting before the heavenly God, make no mistake, it is not like sitting before an earthly parent. An earthly parent will disappoint. Earthly parents will make mistakes, rarely. <laughs> they will fall short, but God is not human. God is other, set apart, and holy. And this, this idea of prayer as sharing life with God, we somehow have to realize, y'all, that as close and intimate as God desires to be in our relationship, God never has room for disrespect or hierarchy or some type of 
power battle. Sharing life with God in prayer, it must require an affirmation that God is God and I am not. Author Anne Lamott says the difference between you and God is that God never thinks he's you. Moses realized this in the text. Moses is given this huge task, ridiculously huge. Go and tell the most powerful person in the world that your God wants you to, your God, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, wants you to set those slaves free. Your free labor that is literally building your nation for you, set them free. Not only that, but all of these people who have no clue who you are, you're just some shepherd. You, you need to lead them out of their place of security, even though it's slavery, into the complete unknown. His response when God tells him, it's absolutely what any of us would have done. He says, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm gonna need some more. I'm gonna need more, God. I need something that they're gonna believe. Who am I supposed to tell them? Because just telling them that you sent me, it's not, it doesn't quite have the oomph that I need. It's a little lame. I need some more. What, Jesus, what God responds is so hard for us to get because we don't speak Hebrew. And, and it just looks like verbs. I am that I am. It doesn't sound like a name in English. In Hebrew, it is the name that to this day our Jewish brothers and sisters still do not say. They do not utter it out loud. They, when they write it, they write G underscore D. It is that holy, that reverent, and we know it as Yahweh. What God gave Moses was more than a name with two syllables. He gave him place. He gave him assurance, confidence, humility. God says to Moses, you are worrying that they will not believe you because you think this is about you. You fear what they will say because you think that what you say are your words. They are my words. This is my will, God says. No, Moses, this is not about you. You are the vessel. But the purpose, the method, and the result, they are about me. And then God says, and I am who I am. When we pray, hallowed be thy name, we are saying, God, you are set apart. You are holy. You are God and we are not. We are saying, oh my gosh, God, you actually have the capability to have a bush light up with flames and not be consumed. God, you are the God who does things that are scientifically unexplainable. You are hallowed. We pray to a God who has done, is doing, and will continue to do unexplainable, otherworldly things because God is other, set apart, holy, sacred, hallowed. We are affirming when we say that, that God is holy, and when we say hallowed be your name, we're also demonstrating that we are setting apart time. This, this idea of taking time out of our daily lives to pray with God and sharing life with God, we are living into setting apart our relationship with God from the rest of the things that we do. When we say, hallowed be your name, we remember our place as we share life with God. 
And so in that moment, we, take a, we, we praise God. Just for being God, we stop and say, although all is not well in the world, all is not well in my life, it is well with you. Hallowed be your name. And this must come. It had to come at the beginning of the prayer because it must come before we start asking God for things. It has to start with praising who God is. We don't pray just to get stuff out of it because prayer is sharing life with God. Think about any of your relationships. If all of your communication with someone that you loved was just asking them for things, is that a mutual relationship? If you are anything like me though, you're really good at asking and telling God what you need. And God is big enough for that. But too often our prayers are really one-sided. Us just kind of telling God everything. Jesus reminds us to know our place, sharing our lives before a holy God whose name is worthy. When God appeared to Moses in the burning bush, God told Moses, you are on holy ground. And then God revealed his holy name. It is this beautiful, sacred, thin space moment with God and Moses. And guess what? They don't get to just hang out there. They don't get to stay. That holiness, that holy moment is then supposed to be moved on and shared with. When we pray, hallowed be your name, we're not just affirming with our words. We are then giving ourselves a charge with the way that we live our lives. How does our life hallow the name of God? When, when we hallow the name of God, when we give God glory for, for our successes and we don't blame God for our failures. We hallow the name of the Lord when, when we are forgiving, when we see all of God's people as God's children, that all, living out hallowing the name of God. The Lord's prayer is not just words given to us to recite. It is literally steps for us to live into and live out our faith. Last week I shared that at our Labor Day high school retreat, I asked several of our high schoolers when they close their eyes and pray, who do they pray to? And they said, clouds, sky, Jesus, you know, old pictures of God. Today I want you to consider not who you pray to, but why. Why do you pray? Because the God of the universe is, is close, is a good, good father, and yet holy, most sacred, most deserving of praise simply because God is the great I am. I want you to hold your ribbon and I want you to think about how you can hallow God's name. What is the name of God that you want to give praise to this day? And I want you to meditate on that and think on that. And then you're gonna turn these in at the end of the service and we're gonna be tying on our prayers for the next seven weeks. Let's spend time affirming who God is in our lives and then courageously living into that name.
May it be so in my life and in yours.